Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician, your motivational life coach, author, mom, bestseller, pediatrician, you name it. But it's not about me. It's about today's guest, Miss Raja Love Life, an energy healer and transformational coach. So we have the coach thing going here. So y'all, let me tell you, if you want someone who has an exotic accent you got it if you want who's if you want someone who's beautiful i know you can't see her because you know they're audio you got it if you want someone who's who's just got herself together and just carrying herself so regal she has purple on which is a royal color and then she's got aquamarine which is my birthstone on so you know she is here to 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 kill it today no pun intended but she is going to do it so thank you so much raja for joining us this morning all the way from England, I think, with all that beautiful accent. I don't know. Do you live in the United States or do you still live in the UK? I live in the United Kingdom, yeah. Wow. So you see, she's already like in, in the afternoon or close to evening where she is. And it's just morning here. So thank you so much for joining us all the way from the UK. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Lulu. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm excited. Oh, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm excited. I know we talk about very difficult topics but you have to talk about it with with you know with some fun in it so that you know we don't get weighed down because we already get weighed down by life and 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 the COVID-19 and the lockdown and all that so we have to find ways of you know just you know injecting humor and laughter Absolutely. and we love life and so we're here today and so your last name is so amazing so, <laughs> so I love it already so where would you like to begin, ma'am? Where would you like to begin this wonderful session today? Um, so we can talk about, um, I, I, will, I will go a little back to my childhood, take you through Very a little good. bit of a and journey. Maybe if I left anything out of your introduction that you would like to add, that's also okay too, you know? No, that's absolutely fine. You've covered I'm an energy healer. I'm a transformational life coach. I love working with people and especially, you know, helping people. Um, uh, because it's so easy for people to remain stuck in a victim mode. And I read on your website, you did the same thing, you know, um, that you got out of your victim mode and went into your thriving mode. And, and that's, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, to help people. And I was the same going back to my childhood. 
um, I was very sad as a child and I don't even know why. See, I don't even know why because I just felt from a very, very young age, since I knew myself, I don't know, three, four, five years old, I was always very sad. I wasn't a happy child. I felt really unloved. And um, of course, my dad, um, my dad um, passed away when I was about five years old. And I felt that my dad really loved me and uh, he was taken away from me. And so I had nobody who loved me in this world kind of feeling. So um, I felt really sad and um, I just felt very unloved. And although my mom loved me, of course, and, uh, but she had us to look after, you know, all the children to look after after my dad passed away. And she had her own grief to go through. She had her own mourning to do. She had her own challenges, but, but as a child, I didn't understand that. And I was only thinking about myself, that I wasn't loved because my mom was busy running around trying to make ends meet, trying to, you know, put food on the table and look after us. And, um, but I just felt really unloved. And I remember as young as um, when I was seven, about seven, eight years old, um, I constantly thought of killing myself, constantly thought of killing myself, yet taking my own life. And I remember sitting, uh, we had a pond, and I, I remember sitting by the pond on my own, contemplating. And I, if you can imagine, you know, a seven, eight-year-old, what goes through a, a child of that age? And I don't know what was going through me, but I just felt really sad and I just wanted to end my life. And I don't know why, I just felt unloved. Uh, and that carried on. So I grew up and, you know, life went on as physically we grow up, we can't stop that. <laughs> so I grew up, you know, went to my teenage and to become an adult and the suicidal tendency that carried on with me. But as life went on, you know, um, I got, got into, you know, you study, you go to the university, then you get a job and you do all the things that you're supposed to do in life. So you do that. You get into a relationship, you get a boyfriend, blah, 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 all of that. But every time things went wrong, every time things didn't work out, every time I would get hurt, I would just go right back to that same thing. I want to kill myself every time, every single time. I mean, I can't even think how many times I must have gone through that emotion, that feeling of wanting to end my life. Uh, I don't know how many times I must have thought. Um, but every time I thought of doing it, every time I thought of doing it, I know what saved me. It was my mother. Every time I thought of ending my life, I always thought of my mother. You know, what will she go through if I ended my life? Hmm. What will my mother go through if I ended my life today? Hmm. Yes. So I, I suppose because I was born an empath, I was always very sensitive and I could connect to people's emotions very easily hmm. um, and without even knowing. So I could put myself in people's shoes very easily. And that was a bonus, I think, for me. That was my saving grace, I would say, for me, because I was able to put myself in my mother's shoe. Every time I felt like killing myself, I could put myself in my mother's shoe and see what she would go through mm. being her baby. You know, I was the youngest child and seeing her baby, you know, uh, 
So I just, that was what saved me. That was what kept me from taking that step um, that I thought about so many times, mm. so many times. And, and that's why I fully empathize with children um, and anybody, you know, adults, anybody who goes through these emotions of wanting to end their lives because we sometimes we don't understand as I didn't understand as a child I didn't understand you know why I felt like taking my own life why I didn't feel like living I wonder, so, if, um, I wonder if it was just the process of grief yeah you, know, you start with the denial then the acceptance yeah. and all that I don't know the how many stages of grief I can't remember now but yeah sure, I mean being a child and if you're your father who was your safety blanket got yeah away from you at such a tender you don't know yourself and I hope you didn't live in guilt I hope you didn't you, you know now I hope you don't you know I don't know what to say but I, I just know if my dad had died at the age of seven I don't know what I, I don't know what I would have done mm-hmm. and then also I don't know that if my mother remarried or did not you know and I just don't know mm-hmm. yeah if my father had died I would have it would have just been me and my brother and my sister yeah or maybe my baby sister might have come along but I know my two brothers would have not come along because I think so you know what I mean like I was six years old when she was born so I would not have two my two baby brothers and I don't know what I would have done as the first child of four and I'm seven and my father dies I mean so I think maybe some of that was just that just it's a broken heart absolutely broken heart Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And at a tender age, um, you know, a broken heart can go so deep that it just stays there. And it stayed for a long time. And how it manifested in my life as I grew older, which I didn't realize at the time, but it's only now I can look back. And as I started to heal myself and go through the process of transformation myself, I could look back and see that um, the hurt, the pain, the broken heartedness, stayed with me and I carried on as I grew into my life and I went you know looking for love in all the wrong places to fix that broken heart so I went looking for love in all the wrong places and ended up hurting myself again and again and again and again and every time that same emotion coming back this time I want to kill myself. This time I want to. It just, it just felt like there was just nothing to live about, you know. Um, that life was just doom and gloom. Everything about it, there was just nothing to look forward to. Um, and, and, and honestly, Doctor Lulu, I just life was just so difficult for me at the time. So difficult. I just didn't know how to continue you know living life i just didn't know it was really really difficult and ever attempt to kill yourself um i no i didn't i i nearly did i nearly did i was very close um but i didn't i didn't thank god for that because there's also a family there's a familial chronic suicidality apparently is a thing it's like a mental not mental but it's like a diagnosis i know this gentleman who has chronic he said it's called chronic familial suicidality or something like that his mom died by suicide his aunt died by suicide his sister died by suicide his uncle died like 
And, and he's always in that chronically suicidal mode. Like he okay. never gets out of it. He says he's taking medications for depression and, you know, taking, I think he says it's called depression and chronic suicidal or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. he's taking antidepressants and he's able to function. But he says if his car breaks down, he feels like killing himself. If he yeah. needs to get gas and he doesn't, and he passes the gas station, he feels like killing himself. So apparently this is a thing. This is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Once we have that in us, every time something goes wrong, you just automatically go back to it. Every Mm -hmm. little excuse, we just run back to it that life is just too tough, too difficult. You just can't, you just can't deal with it. And that's what I used to feel that I just don't know how to do this life thing. I just can't do it. It's just so difficult. Mm. That's what I went through for many, many, many years of my life. Yeah. Are you going through that now? No, no. Not at all now. What so made have, what's what's how did you become a so thriver? Like my friend D Lamar, she calls herself a so thriver. So I stole that from her. How do you how did you become a so when, when did the transformation happen? And it's it's so apt that you're a transformational coach. You of course, of course you are. Hello. Because yes, yes. that's what you become. You transformed yourself. So why exactly. Not? Exactly. And that's why I really want to help, you know, as many as I can, especially suicidal uh, or, you know, any, any mental condition, but especially suicidal because I've gone through it myself. I know what it's like. And um, yeah, the transformation, because I transform myself and that's why I want to help everybody transform because it is possible. This is the message I want to send out that it is possible. You don't have to live in the victim mode. It is possible to thrive. So um, my transformation happened when, you know, I went through. And as I said, I was working and I was in a successful business with my partner at the time. I was married and, you know, all of that, life things. Um, But I was just, I continued with this unhappiness inside me, that feeling of being unloved. Obviously, that broken heart that I hadn't meant, it was still there. So that carried on. May I say something? I can only imagine the pressure also on your partner who mm-hmm. probably maybe loved you for all it's worth, right? But you still keep feeling that mm-hmm. you're loved. I can I yeah. can imagine how that that can strain the relationship, you know. Of course, yeah. there are other reasons why you separated and got divorced. But I'm saying I can just imagine being on the receiving end of this person who I'm trying to love them so much. Yeah reason there's that block and yeah cannot receive it yeah 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 absolutely but also because I was in a place of you know brokenheartedness I couldn't have attracted a person who could (laughs) yeah you see who could connect with me at the correct level you see because my vibration was not there my vibration was in a victim mode and I was needy I was really needy. So all my relationships were about, I need you, I need you, I need you sort of thing, you know. Um, So I was very needy. And therefore, because when you are needy, you try to control, don't you? You want to control everything. You want to control situations. So I was like that, very needy, very weak. I couldn't do anything, you know, on my own. I couldn't get out on my own. I couldn't do anything. So yeah this went through and so coming from that place where I was I couldn't have met somebody who was right for me anyway 
So, um, so that went on. But as life went on, I started to suffer physically, as in, you know, loss of physical symptoms in my body due to anxiety, depression, all kinds of things. And then my hormones started getting imbalanced. I was diagnosed with all kinds of things like hyperthyroid and fibromyalgia and all of these physical conditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have fibromyalgia. Do you still suffer from um, it? I Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I just, I have never really claimed it, but I do talk about it because I want people to know that yeah. this is the face of fibromyalgia. I can still yeah. go about my business and do stuff. And, but I know now it was from just my toxic marriage. I know now, I, looking back, I know exactly yeah. what happened. And I know I was in pain with the marriage for 13 dark years and it was really bad. And I still, okay. I still have pains. Yes. I mean, I still do. I just don't, I don't give it energy. I don't feed it. I don't like wanting to starve to death, <laughs> but, um, but I, every now and again, if, if I need to, I tell the person who needs to be validated that I do have the diagnosis is on my list mm -hmm. of diagnoses. Yeah. So they know that, you know, you, there's not, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with yeah. you. Per se. Absolutely. The best of us. And I had another lady on my podcast who also had fibromyalgia, who gave me um, some, some multivitamins and stuff that I take. Uh -huh. But still, you know, I, I just, I just try not to feed that thought process, but every now and again, uh -huh. I tell someone, when I see someone like, I'm like, oh my God, I also have the diagnosis. Just so that person knows they might need a hug or whatever, just to let them feel validated that you know you're not alone because mm -hmm. we all think that we're the only ones no matter what oh i'm the only one who is suicidal yeah. i can't yeah. tell anybody about it yeah but so it's good to know that there are other people out there just you know for all it's worth yeah and that's absolutely what i used to feel when i was suffering uh you know with my depression with my suicidal tendencies with my physical pain i used to think that i'm the only one suffering i used to think that and i used to think everyone around me my friends and everyone they all seem to have a happy life you know yeah. everybody looked really happy yeah. you know everybody seemed to have a perfect life how come i don't have i'm the only one suffering so you see i straight away went into the why me beating myself up mode i went into that so um yes that is very very uh, you know common i think in a lot of people who are suffering from whatever condition mental or physical yeah to get into that yeah beating ourselves up so yeah so I was suffering you know with quite a lot of things with you know physical conditions mental conditions because I was very high and very anxious and yes. because of that I would suffer from you know IBS and all things of you know my digestive pro my digestive system was completely messed up yes. yeah how is so, all of that how is all just because I'm a dog I just happen to also be a physician yeah. how is all of that now the IBS the thyroid the fibro is all gone it's all gone I yeah you have to get rid of that fibro pain for me it's all gone yeah they're all gone now so yeah so it was my pain that really triggered me to my transformation hmm. so as you know as, as, as I started piling up on the diagnosis as you said you know the same thing happened one after another and I was like okay there's just no way how what is happening um and then as usual you go to see your doctor and you get prescribed and you take your meds and and I started doing that because there was no other way at the time I didn't know anything better at the time mm -hmm. so I started doing that but at the same time I have this inner guidance a voice telling me from within me 
um, that, you know, you can't go on like this. And so I started listening to that inner guidance, that voice inside me that, okay, I can't, you know, continue to take these medications throughout my life because it's not going to do me any good. That's what I do. I kept taking the medicine too. I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think to date, I only take my blood pressure medicine. That's it. Okay. Okay. One time I, I try to stop and then this crazy headache came from nowhere then I, for days, and then I check my brother's like, okay, you know what? I know better. I'm just going to take the blood pressure, but that's all I take. Yeah. I'm not to entertain, you know, any other medicine if I don't have Yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, I was in such pain that I used to take so many medications at the time. Of course, I used to take for my thyroid, right? And then I used to, the pain was so bad with my fibromyalgia and with my anxiety and depression. I used to take codeine like sweets, <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know it was so but I can laugh about it now I can laugh about it now because one of the people understand where you're coming from today because yeah a lot of people depending on where they're hurting and how bad their hurt is yeah they hear what they want to hear did she just laugh well yes because you're you're no longer a victim you're no longer shackled Absolutely. by those reins anymore so it's important yeah know that you can also get this transformation before you you leave today you tell us how can the people find you so we can you know help them also get transformation why not you know why not yeah but yeah Yeah. keep going keep telling us your story we're not there yet we still got plenty of time yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah so you know i went to and and I'm laughing now, but I couldn't laugh at that time. I definitely couldn't laugh. You know, 10 years ago, I couldn't laugh. Definitely. I was in so much pain. I couldn't laugh about it. I was miserable. Um, I didn't have a smile on my face. I think most of the time of my life, I just had really miserable face because obviously I was feeling miserable inside. I didn't know how to smile. And it's quite nice now when people tell me, oh, you have such a beautiful smile. I'm like, yes, I finally have it. I didn't have a smile. It's the most beautiful thing you can wear on your on your body and on your face is a smile. Well, I mean, yeah. confidence is the most beautiful thing you can have. Period. But a smile is the most beautiful a thing. You can wear, so yeah. yeah, yeah, and you won't believe it, Doctor Lulu. I didn't know how to smile. I mean, it was that bad. I didn't know how to smile, and uh, so my pain got worse. And you know, but I kept taking so many medications none of them were helping me really things just got worse and worse and suddenly one day it just like I don't know an inner guidance I would call it um just came to me and just started saying that I have to do something about it I have to do something about it myself this is not going to work you know the medications are not going to help I have got to do something about it and as if by magic, you know, the moment I said this, I guess the universe opened up the doors for me, the channels for me. The moment I said that I have to make this change, I have to take responsibility. You see, before that, I was blaming everyone else responsible. Mm-hmm. So as a child, of course, I didn't know what was happening to me. So I held the situation responsible of what happened to me and losing my father or whatever that I went through. I held that responsible for my happiness. And then, you know, as I went on in my relationships and et cetera, I held everyone else responsible for my happiness. So I went on blaming others and life situations for a long time. Then um, as I started, when I, when I said to myself that, okay, I have got to do something about it, that's the time 
the doors opened up for me. The universe opened up doors for me and things started to change. Things started to happen. And the magic was that one day I just went to a bookstore and I found this deck of um, yoga cards. And I just picked it up. I said, okay, I'm just going to try this. So I picked up this deck of cards, which had yoga postures and things. So I picked that up. And I started practicing from there a little bit. And remember, I had massive, really bad fibromyalgia at the time. I couldn't even think of doing yoga or anything like that. I was super stiff and super pain, painful. So, But anyway, this inner guidance told me that, yeah, you can do it. Just try it. So I started doing very, very little, very tiny steps. And that's what I want to um, reiterate and focus and reinforce here to all the listeners that, it is tiny steps that we must learn to take. We must learn to take, you know, just as when we um, are babies and we learn to walk, we take one step at a time. And same in life, when we are teaching ourselves, we have to take baby steps. So I started taking the baby steps of doing yoga. And honestly, some people would laugh at me. What I did at the time was isn't even yoga, you they would say, because it was nothing that I could do at the time. I could only do very very tiny bits but I started doing so that was my step forward and then you know that took me to another level and I started meditating somehow it came to me and I started meditating um, and then that expanded my consciousness even more um, then I started seeing as I med kept meditating and you know then I started feeling energy that's when I started to uh, you know get myself trained in Reiki so I went and got myself certified and trained myself up to Reiki master's level. And the more I kept doing this work, the more I kept doing this energy work and meditating and connecting with myself and raising my consciousness, I started to see everything that, you know, yes, I wanted to kill myself. Yes, I held a lot of people and situations responsible for my happiness, for my love, you know, that I was feeling unloved, that I was feeling unhappy and life, and so many things that I blamed others for, I started to see that actually there were um, situations, experiences in my life that I needed to go through to come to this point. I needed to go through that pain to see this because it is pain that triggers, that unlocks that key in you, that magical key to raise your consciousness so that you can start seeing what you're supposed to see, what you're supposed to learn. And so that for me was massive and transformational. And then from then on, I just kept doing my work every single day, you know, meditating and looking back, reflecting, trying to connect the dots, you know, remembering the things that I used to do, things in the way I used to speak to myself. And that's very important how we speak to ourselves, you know, keeping ourselves in that victim mode every time, um, and how I, how I started actually teaching myself how to speak to myself, you know, um, how to think. I started teaching myself that how to think, how to speak to myself and what are the words to use. Um, yes. And then before I knew it, things started changing and changing and slowly and slowly my body started to heal. My body started to shift, uh, you know, symptoms started to disappear. And just like you said, I, I started to learn how not to give any attention to pain so that they can die of death. And then I started practicing that. And yeah, so here I am today. I like that. I like the fact that you also took your time to explain the process. 
And I think most importantly, the fact that it takes time. But if I was going to say three things that I got out of it is number one is baby steps, but it's also consistent baby steps and then time. Yeah. What's yeah. your belief process in everything, you know, is what you believe. And, you know, I just have to go back there. I have to, you know, I tell you this little story when, you know, when I was in Nigeria in December, I went to have mm -hmm. some clothes made. And I told the lady, I said, make sure you make the blouse very nice because I'm going to wear it for my TEDx talk. And okay. I said, like, what's that? I said, oh, it's just some, you know, just some talk that people do, you know, all over the world, but just make sure it's nice. This was in December. Okay. And then I came home and I completely forgot about it. And then March came and we had a lockdown. Then I said, hmm, what can I make my lockdown legacy? Yeah, let me apply for a TEDx talk. Okay. So I, I proclaimed about the blouse in December. Right. I TEDx talk in March. And I did the TEDx talk wearing the blouse in September. Wonderful. That's the power of proclamation. And Absolutely. so I tell myself to, I want to remind myself to go back to that place. Every time I'm feeling weird, I want to take myself back to my thoughts and how I was, where I was the day I proclaimed that I was going to have a TEDx talk. I need that because it's important for me to remember that energy almost every day. If I can harness it in my business, in my coaching, in my, in my whatever, just harness that, my relationship, yeah. just harness that proclamation that, you know, I'm going to do this. I didn't, I didn't know when I was going to do this. I just had this thing that just came over me and I just said, make sure that blouse looks good because I'm going to wear it. And I had already it just did. So I sent her the picture. She, she said, cry. She's like, oh my God. And I said, yes. And I'm telling everybody about the proclamation I made in your store four months before I ever applied. Wow. So I got the talk. You know, I mean, I got oh. the talk that month, but I, six months before I actually did the TEDx talk, I had already said, I'm going to, you yeah. know, I'm going to do yeah. this. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's the amazing thing that you know um, I wasn't aware of until I started, you know, going on my transformational journey. That unknowingly I did it. I proclaimed that okay, this is something that I've got to do. I've got to change it myself. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I've got to do something. Is all I said. And then the universe started opening doors for me, channels after channels, doors after doors, and. Yes, it took a long time. Transformational, you know, process is a long time. It takes time. It's good to take time, I think. How much it's good time to take, take time. for you then? Well, I will say the entire process is about 10 years. I need you to say that because I need people also to have a dose of reality. I mean, this is yeah. literally a reality show. This is real. Like, this is the yeah. real, ultimate form of reality show. I mean, it's yeah. real. It's yeah. not the night. And I like to say that I like to compare, you know, there's that talk about the um, elephant and the dog, mm -hmm. how the dog has had, I don't know, 36 babies litters before the elephant has one baby after two years. Yeah. But the elephant's baby is born magnificent and regal huh. and, and elephant, like literally yeah. that's because I'm carrying an elephant. So it's a two year process to just have the baby, you yeah. know. Whereas yeah. the dog can have 26 pops and then another 26 pops, but none of them is an elephant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The transformation yeah. process is, and is ongoing and just, I guess, repeated, repeatedly telling yourself, I'm going to do this and it is. little wins and oh my God, everything it that is. I know you already, but you just have to keep doing it. 
It is absolutely. And you because I need my fibromyalgia to be gone and just stay gone, you know. It can be gone. It can be gone. And you're doing the right thing. You're not giving it any attention. So, yeah, it yeah. takes time. It takes time, but it can be gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're in the last few minutes of our talk. So, first of all, how are you doing right now? I'm, I'm assuming you're doing much better and you're no longer having dealing with suicidal thoughts, right? No, no longer. No longer. That's completely gone now. Yeah. I'm completely on the other side now. Wow. Yeah. And then of course, I always want to know where can the, where can the listeners find you? Yeah. And more importantly, also, what are your words of advice for anyone who's right where you are? Yeah. Years old, 17 year old, 27 year old, 37, 47 year old, who's just stuck in that suicidality mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, definitely, you know, um, for young children who are suffering at the moment, um, going through those phases of having those suicidal thoughts and, uh, you know, moments. Yes, it is um, very difficult when you're going through at that time. And I can completely relate to you because I have been there. So I know how difficult it is. And it seems like the world is completely, you know, not worth living. But... I want you to remember that your loved ones, your parents um, who loves you, and even if not your parents, your um, siblings, your friends, whoever, you know, you have some loved ones. You know, some people may think that parents don't love them, but they love you. And think about them. Think about your loved ones. As I said, my main reason um, for being able to get myself out of there was my mom thinking putting myself into my mother's shoes that, you know, what will she go through when she finds a baby's dead body? You know? And you know what they say about the loss of a child is the most devastating yes. of all yeah. the losses. Absolutely. That's the one that takes the cake right there. Absolutely. And especially for a mother, because a mother has carried the child in her womb for nine months. Mm -hmm. So especially for a mother. So always remember to go beyond yourself that yes it is uh you know overpowering the desire to end one's life and, and and the desire to end is not really our lives but it is to end the suffering that we have inside and that's what we want to end yeah. it's counterintuitive you don't really want to do it yeah yeah but we think this is going to yeah but we think that by taking this action this is going to end our suffering but always remember that Actually, the suffering probably may not end, even if you do it, it may continue. Who knows what happens after that, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is to be aware of what's happening right now and how, if, if we are going through a challenge, if we are faced with something in our life that is so big, it seems so big, there is a reason. And that's what I want the listeners, I want you to focus on that there is a reason why that's happening to you. And the only reason is for you to come out stronger, learn a beautiful lesson, learn a beautiful lesson out of that. And always the moment when you feel extremely weak, extremely weak, that you just want to give up at that point, think about your mother, think about your mother. What will she go through mm. when she finds out? Mm. I love the part of go beyond yourself. That is just so powerful. Yes. Go beyond yourself and, 
I've said this over and over on the podcast. Generally, when I get my suicidal teenagers, I, I, I make them call five of their friends and offer help, offer to help. How can I make your day better? Just right away, you're, you're not thinking about yourself at that moment. You're thinking yeah. about helping this individual. And so yeah. how do we make your day better? And so that's- Yeah, yeah and that's an absolutely powerful practice. Yeah, absolutely. That, um, you know, go beyond yourself, as I said earlier, and thinking about, okay, what can I do for society? How can I help myself? And even just saying to yourself, okay, there is something I can do about this. Just saying it. You may not know how to do it, but just saying it opens up doors for you. The universe will work its magic in wonderful ways that you don't even know until you practice it, you know, uh, you will know it. So when you say that, okay, there is something beautiful out of this. Yeah, this is something, a powerful practice that I do, I want to share with the listeners is that please, please. whenever whenever you are in your deepest, deepest dark um, depth of uh, misery or depression and you want to end your life, at that moment, just continuously say to yourself, there is something good out of this. There is something good out of this. And I did this for a long time. I kept repeating. And I would be crying. I would be miserable. I would be crying. I'll have tears flowing down. And I will just repeat all the time, there is something good out of this. There is something good out of this. There is something good out. And I, I just would do that. And this was something that I received as, you know, something um, that my soul guided me, I would say, um, that I just kept saying it and saying it and saying it and it worked like magic. It just turned everything around for me like that. Suddenly I would be lifted. Suddenly something good will happen that will just lift me up. And I started to see the magic working. So this is actually a powerful practice in my own experience that there is something good out of this. So when we are in the, in the victim mode, in the pain mode, in the self-denial mode in the guilt mode in the wanting to kill ourselves mode we remain in the mode where we're telling ourselves that you know this is all just doom and gloom this is miserable this is bad 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 that's the message we're sending out that's the vibration we're sending out to the universe but even if you're feeling that way if you just go past that and just keep repeating that there is something good out of this then Mm. the magic will unfold it will unfold in ways that you won't even be able to understand at this point in time, but it will unfold because that's what happened to me. And it just kept unfolding. And I kept doing that. I kept doing that. And before you know it, you start seeing what's a good thing. Okay. Why was I so depressed? It's because of this. What was the lesson I had to learn? It was that you started to see it. Wow. Yeah. Of course. So everything happens for you not to you yeah what's the lesson out of this here thing that's happening now how is it for me Mm -hmm. it has been amazing i don't even know if you know that it's been almost an hour since you've been talking it's just been so good thank (laughs) you yes i will will have to ask because my my listeners are going to be like what where can we find her so we can yes so yeah so I'm going to shout out, you can find me on my website, which is www.rajyalovelife.com. So I will spell that out, R-A-J-Y-A, lovelife, dot com. That's my website. And you can find me on Facebook as well, Raja Love Life. 
um, yeah, or Instagram. You can find me on social media. I'm going to, so are you also at Raja Love Life on Instagram? Because I'm going to look that up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Facebook as well, Raja Love Life, yeah. Very good, very good. Whew, thank you so much for coming. I really, truly enjoyed speaking with you. I could listen thank to you. you. Your accent is just amazing. <laughs> thank I you. I will Dr. find Julia. you on Instagram and start following you. I'm trying to get more active on Instagram. Yeah, I've I just started as well, this account on Instagram. I've just started recently, but I don't have much time to be active on it. I'm probably be more active on on Facebook, Facebook. because it's so much more active on Facebook. Yes, and that's probably where we met. So I'm I'm just gonna find you and then just follow. Maybe I yeah. can get some of the droplets of good from you. But thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. My listeners are happy, happy, happy. And so thank if you, you don't know yet, I am also working on my motivational life coaching business. So currently.com forward slash Dr. Uh -huh. Lee. My website is almost ready. Just hang in and then um. We're going to find Raja and we're going to go and, and just support this sister who is doing things bigly. And if you want to listen to a nice British accent, why <laughs> the heck not, right? <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Lulu. The nada, the nada. So this is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. Y'all, I'll see you later. Be good. Don't forget to be kind to yourself. And just keep telling yourself there's something good that's going to come out of this. Something good is going to come out. What is the lesson I'm supposed to learn? What is this? Why is this happening right now? And you might not even see it yet, but it's there. So yes, absolutely. Baby steps, consistent baby steps. And of course, that self-belief, that mindset does a lot of magic. So on that note, I'm going to wish you guys so long. Farewell until next time. Bye.